everybody. It's A.B. Stoddard of Real Clear Politics in for Michael Smirconish today. We welcome back Olivier Knox, a resident Frenchman, Sirius XM's chief Washington correspondent. He hosts The Big Picture weekdays at 6 p.m. East, but he is also... Um, he's a cheese correspondent, we learned yesterday, and he's come back to talk. Um, he not only breaks down the complexity of trade policy, but he is an expert on the fromage. So um, he's going to explain something that's happening uh, to to American industry that's actually really bad news. Um, but, but Olivia, in our discussion which was fascinating about this. We, we, we talked about the tariffs and what are the repercussions, but you were, you're talking about things that are happening um, it, it, to trade that predate the, 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 the Trump tariffs. And so this, yeah. was a, this was already sort of vulnerable ground uh, on which uh, he's, he's made things worse with tariffs. So first of all, I should obviously say, start by saying bonjour, Abbé. Oh, um, excellent. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 again, a lot of these problems, as you say, predate the, the Trump presidency, definitely predate the tariffs. Back in 2014, uh, the dairy industry, American dairy industry, had high price, had a brief surge in price. And that led farmers to increase the size of their herds. Since then, um, the price has tumbled, and uh, the dairy industry has been in trouble. They've turned to exports as a way to stay in business, essentially, going to China. I thought I bought enough cheese from them to keep so them in I. business. I've done my patriotic duty. <laughs> I have um, a walking heart attack, by the way. Exactly. Yes, that's right. Actually, yeah, if you cut me open, actually, cheese just spills out. Um, but so um, so they went to export markets. They went to particularly China and Mexico. Mexico is now the, the largest uh, destination for American cheese exports. But a couple of things have happened. One is the tariffs, right? So the president imposed steel and aluminum tariffs. Uh, Mexico and China have retaliated, and they've retaliated very carefully. They've targeted places that are politically significant. So, for example, Wisconsin cheese. So, already you have a tariff. I think it's 25% uh, in Mexico. Imagine paying 25% for anything that you buy regularly, right? It's it's a tough it's a tough tax, right? It's going to drive people to other products. Um, this is maybe not a good example because people are really passionate about this, but if Diet Coke were suddenly, you know, uh, 25% more expensive than Diet Pepsi, you might consider switching, right? Yep. Um, again, I know there are loyalists, but but this is that's the example <laughs> I'll give. Um, and the desperate times call for desperate Exactly. Well, exactly. So, uh, but what what I've what I've talked about before, and I'll, I'll mention here again, is the tariffs are one thing, and they they get they get headlines, and they need to. But there's another pheno- phenomenon happening in the background that's that's I think more important, which is large American trading partners, important American trading partners, are cutting deals amongst themselves that make American products less competitive uh, with their counterparts. So cheese is a pretty good example. Um, the European Union. And Mexico recently reached a, a trade agreement, and as part of that trade agreement, the Europeans are trying to do something that they've done very successfully in other markets, which is they're trying to say that you can only sell Parmesan, a cheese labeled Parmesan, if it's from near Parma, Italy. Same with Asiago. You can only sell Gouda if it's from the Netherlands. So, in other words, uh, American cheesemakers, who are the ones who have actually opened the Mexican market to dairy products, um, won't, won't be able to sell Asiago. They can't even say this used to be called Asiago. The name is off limits to them. Formerly known as. Formerly known as. They can't even do that. And so one of the things that's happened this year is because of ongoing litigation, uh, one of the largest American dairy products has had to has, uh, uh, has had to sell something under the name Sartiago. Um, that plus the tariffs means that they lost about thirty percent of their sales over a ninety day period. Oh. So all right, <laughs> work backward with me. Um, how would it feel if you suddenly had 30% of your salary lopped off? 
things would be given up. Life would be really hard. Right. So we have a, we have an industry that's already in trouble because they're, they've overproduced their commodity. And they and they found a pretty good solution, actually, which is this uh, shifting milk into cheese. But now they're struggling to sell in the markets that they turn to to survive. And, and this is going on in multiple markets, not just Mexico. The Europeans are trying to do this in other places, too. The, most, the, the, the best model for this is champagne, where the, the French have uh, very successfully campaigned to make sure that you can only label something as champagne if it's from the champagne region. Um, Champagne, by the way, is kind of a crap wine. I'm sorry to say. It's, it's, I know, it's but all marketing. I, I only want to buy a bottle that says champagne, Olivia. I don't want to buy sparkling wine. But so it says headache. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So that's, but that's the model. And so um, one of the dangers, as you watch, say, the EU and Japan reach a deal, or um, the EU and China reach deals, or uh, the EU and Canada reach a deal, or the EU and Mexico reach a deal, all these things where we are not at the table. Um, and by the way, another problem is this whole idea of, of walking away from NAFTA. NAFTA helped American dairy producers get a foothold in Mexico. That really is what, what opened that market. Um, so what, what you're seeing is the combination of uncertainty, is the president going to walk away from NAFTA, and this uh, ongoing global trade conversation, of which we're not really a part, is hurting American producers. If you talk to American cattle producers, beef producers, for example, they'll tell you that American beef is now less competitive uh, compared to, say, Australian beef in Asian markets. It is really hard to claw your way back into a market. Right. That was my question. How do you get back to the table? Well, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, some of these things, you know. Um, Oh, we should also point out that this whole naming thing is a wonderful non-tariff barrier, right? Tariffs are basically just a blunt instrument. They're a tax. Non-tariff barriers like like this naming thing is really, it's really tricky. Um, I don't know how you get back into that market. I mean, obviously you have to, the president wants to do bilateral trade deals. He's not a fan of these multilateral trade deals. Um, and I, I suppose you could try to argue that EU-Japan is an example of bilateral trading trade agreement, although the EU is kind of a complex, complex beast. Um, so maybe it's possible to, to sort of pry your way back in with bilateral talks, but we haven't seen a ton of successes so far. There was kind of a fig leaf success with the, the U.S.-South Korea trade deal, right. but really, sm really small concessions. And, you know, while both, uh, while both a President Hillary and a President Trump uh, would have gotten us out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, that negotiation actually renegotiated NAFTA, um, and it opened a bunch of markets to American producers. So... I don't know. I don't know what the path forward is on this, except to tell you that in the near term, um, American dairy producers are tr are considering shifting to um, less fresh cheese and more sort of stuff that ages on a shelf to try to have it outlast the the tariff fight. Um, but it's not clear. I mean, if you can't sell, if you've got a, if you have to relabel your cheeses, um, if you have, if you can't sell Parmesan anymore, you know, if you're if you're the average consumer looking at a shelf and something's labeled Parmesan and something is labeled, you know, Grover, um, you're gonna reach <laughs> you're gonna reach for the Parmesan, right? So, I think I am. <laughs> so, so this is a really it's really tricky, and but it, it encapsulates the politics and economics of this trade fight, I think, really well. Yeah, what's going on also in some places and in, in overseas markets is they're being subjected, like by the Chinese government, to to if if you're when you're not shut out you're still there are other things there's more scrutiny there's more inspections there's right. there's a, all of a sudden permits are problematic and so it's around the edges uh, right. there's a lot of other your uh, dock workers don't show up right right it's um, it's really incredible so the, the the republican response these days even from free traders is well the president has a great goal which is to get to zero tariffs and and it's really and and his farmers his voters who are farmers support him because they agree with that goal and they want to get there too 
what's the near term long term in terms of of the the suffering and and the economic consequences so the the president and the european commission president jean-claude juncker met at the white house last week and when they came out of their meeting they announced um, with great fanfare, what amounted to an agreement to start talking. That's what I Which recall. Is, and then the president told farmers that day in Iowa that he had opened up European markets for them. Right. So, no. Um, uh, <laughs> That'd be a no. I, it's, it's obviously important to agree to start talking. It, the, the negotiations, let's, let's, do, let's do this negotiation. Great. Fantastic. But um, <clears throat> it's a long-term process. It's very aspirational. It doesn't cost the European Commission anything to say, yeah, you know, we want to talk about talking about reducing tariffs and reducing other barriers to to trade um but let's let's see whether it works again this is a perfectly fine goal but if you look over the last year and a half you're you'd be hard pressed to find significant um significant trade successes by this with this administration's approach last quick question then we're going to let you go Uh, this has been so invaluable uh looking at the midterms looking at november 6th i mean what what do you think that watching the rate of sort of deterioration what are people going to be feeling on october 6th well one of the questions is is um whom are they going to blame for right. this? You know, I mean, you could obviously, I can imagine a campaign that says, um, you know, yes, it's it's tough for you right now, but you should blame China. You should yeah. blame Mexico. You should blame Canada. You should blame the EU. You should blame. So I don't know who, whom they're going to blame. I, I know a lot of uh, Trump supporters are, uh, and this is a media cliche, still Trump supporters. And so I don't know whom they're going to blame. But, you know, looking at their bottom line, some of these folks, I mean, I think it's, there was a, so- a piece about a soybean farmer the other day that, that suggested he'd lost something like $150,000 from this trade fight. Um, I don't know who they're going to blame. I know I have, I have no idea. I and mean, that's going to be key in the midterms. One of the big questions. Olivier Knox, um, SiriusXM's chief Washington correspondent, hosts the Big Picture weekdays at 6, and chief uh, cheese correspondent. Thank you so much for joining us. That was really fascinating conversation. For all you cheese eaters, you better get up to speed on this.